Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers. Brought to you by TLC Caregivers. Welcome to today's show, Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers. TLC Caregivers, we care for people. We provide dependable caregivers for any age, birth to geriatric, children, adults with or without disabilities, empowering them with their abilities. We care for elderly persons, and we provide relief of family caregivers. TLC Caregivers serves all generations as needed, and we are the area's oldest non-medical provider of services in the community, having been established in 1989. TLC Caregivers, we do more than you think. I'm Kenny Holt. And I'm Lou Donaldson. Both from TLC Caregivers. Our guest today is Dannon Bird. She is the developmental, I'm sorry, developmental director for the Gulf Coast Division of March of Dimes. Welcome, Dannon. We're glad you're here. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me today. So March of Dimes is a foundation that was founded here in the United States. It's a nonprofit organization that works to improve the health of mothers and babies. And I don't know if everybody knows or not when it was founded, but it was founded by President Franklin Roosevelt, who himself suffered from the disease that he promoted, March of Dimes, which was polio. And as a response to the U.S. epidemic of polio, in 1938, the National Foundation for Infantile Paralysis was created. Uh, It's really interesting when you go back and you look at the history of March of Dimes. It is, absolutely. Our history is very rich, and one of the things that I think that I love speaking to people about really educating them about for the March of Dimes. So I'm impressed, Kenny, that you know all of that history about the March of Dimes. Well, I won't lie. I've looked it up. (laughs) (laughs) Google everything. Google is is my best friend. Oh, I say that all the time. Google is my friend. But yes, it is true. Exactly what you said. We were founded by President Roosevelt in 1938. Uh, and, And just like you said, at that time, polio was an epidemic and it was a crippling disease affecting many children in the United States. And, um, and, and President Roosevelt was a champion for polio. And he said, you know, we can figure this out. And we did it the good old American way. We all pitched in together. And he encouraged citizens to mail dimes to the White House to fund the research that eventually uh, developed the vaccine that uh, eradicated polio. And I always like to check whenever I'm in a uh, a room or a group of people that none of us here today have polio, correct? That's correct. That's right. Okay. <laughs> I always just like to double check. But, you know, I can truly say that our mission touches every life. Um, you know, since the since the time when we conquered polio, we've moved on to other things, um, which we'll talk about that uh, coming up as well. But, you know, our, our mission really, truly does. It, it affects everyone's life. And today, every person benefits from the research that March of Dimes has done. That's very true. Um, one of the great things of March of Dimes is it's a nonprofit. It is. And you mentioned how March of Dimes got started with the national um, encouragement for people to send the dimes. Right. I, I do want to talk about fundraising yep. later in the show today, but I find it very interesting that you brought that up, that that was the original fundraising effort and how March of Dimes got started. It was in right. March That's 1938, right. like you said, and thousands of American citizens and children in schools collected the dimes and sent them in. 
And the words that I found, it overwhelmed the White House. And there was $85,000 worth of dimes. And I can't imagine in 1938. That was a significant donation for folks to make in sending a dime. And you're right. It did overwhelm the White House. And they literally were shoveling or bringing all of these dimes into the White House in wheelbarrows. That's the outpouring of support that our organization had and that um, that ultimately led to the success that we've had. And those were brought in in truckloads, truckloads by truckload. But the godsend that yeah. it was alleviated polio yes. for, for Americans. And, of course, that's branched out into the world, um, eradicated polio as we knew it yep. here in the United States. And a lot of folks still today identify the March of Dimes with polio um, and have their own personal connections. Maybe I, I have run into several people here in Pensacola who have shared incredible stories, personal stories with me of them or a grandparent or someone that they knew um, who had polio. In fact, there's a lady that is was a nurse at the NICU at Sacred Heart who shared her story with me and she had polio as a child. She said, Dan, and you would not believe how alienating it was. They, they published her name in the newspaper. They quarantined her at home. Uh, they, they really didn't understand what polio was at the time. And so they literally would, would keep you in your home and, and keep other people out. And so she said it was terribly embarrassing for her family because they just didn't understand what polio was. And so overcoming it and, and she still has some health issues as a result of it, but luckily, you know, we have been able to move past that point today. Well, so polio has been eradicated. What does the March of Dimes do now? Great question. So, and this is where my connection to the March of Dimes comes in and it's, and it's a new generational kind of connection to our organization. So we were the only, or we are the only national nonprofit who actually has started with a mission and, as I say, put a check mark in that to-do box and moved on to something different. And I think that that sets us apart very much so from some other organizations that are still working on number one. Um, and so what do you do after you accomplish something so huge? You sit back for a moment and you, and you realize that there are other issues that we need to tackle. And so the March of Dimes has taken the direction uh, now to focus on preventing premature birth, birth defects, and infant mortality, all three parts of our mission statement currently. And we're making the same progress. I'm excited um, just to keep continuing getting the, the, the great news and updates that we're making the same progress for prematurity and infant mortality and birth defects the same way that we did for polio. I think it's interesting also, uh, Lou, you asked what does March of Dimes do now as polio was eradicated the organization almost shut down mm -hmm. because you had met your goal, but it was thought that it could, instead of disbanding, do so much other good. And in 1958, March of Dimes launched a new, what they called expanded program, like you're talking about birth defects. But I found it interesting that at that time also was included arthritis, virus diseases, and seeking to become a pl flexible force against all of that. So it really expanded. And I really like it that it was an organization that instead of disbanding and said, yep, we did what we set out to do. Yeah. There's more to be done. And you've continued that. That's right. In, in the time since we were founded in 1938, 
the March of Dimes has funded significant research in, in many, many areas, but it's led to a total of 13 Nobel Prize winning um, you know, researchers who have really helped contribute greatly to our success. So here locally, you're on the Gulf Coast in all counties. Yeah, we and are everywhere. We are everywhere. There are babies, which is everywhere. Is it, oh, babies. We mentioned that word in loose smiles from ear to ear. <laughs> it's no secret. I'm a big baby fan. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about what you've got going on right now. And like I said, I know we want to talk about fundraising, but let's talk about uh, the activities, uh, whatever you want to tell us today. Okay, sure. Well, thanks for that opportunity. One of the questions that I get probably at least once a week. I mean, it's a frequent question that people, and, and a, a great question. People want to know how much of the money stays local, right? Right. And what are we doing to impact our mission here and to help moms have healthier full-term pregnancies and to help them have healthier babies? Um, and so we kind of step back and, and I'll fill you guys in on some of our current statistics for Scambia County specifically. March of Dimes has taken a look at the entire state, we've identified a couple of uh, locations that are what we call like hotspots and where we really want to focus. Uh, we've looked at the top five areas and what they're doing well and, and what is contributing to the positive outcomes that they have. And we've taken a look at the lower five counties and, and what we need to do to improve the outcomes there. And can you guys guess which end Escambia sits at? Probably the high end of that. The high end of prematurity, absolutely. So we're sitting right in the right in that group of the five five problem areas in the state. And so, currently, March of Dimes does an annual assessment on prematurity. We we issue a state report card in uh, November, which is Prematurity Awareness Month annual report card um, to show where some of the areas are for improvement. And and so, the state of Florida received a C on our. Uh, on last year's oh, wow. report card. I know, right? Nobody gets excited over a C. No. When no. your kids came home from school with a C, and actually that was an improvement because previously we were a D. Nobody gets excited about that, mm. you know. Um, and so the fact is that in Escambia County, 16% of babies are born premature. And that's not a good number. We are higher than the state average. We are significantly higher uh, than the U.S. Um, average. And in, in the United States now, one in 10 babies are born premature. Uh, whenever I started with the March of Dimes as an employee four years ago, that number was one in eight. And so we celebrated whenever we said, hey guys, we've made some progress and, and great news. Let's use, We're going to use one in nine now. And so that, that one extra baby that was born healthy you and I, the three of us here may, sure. you know, we, we, we don't put, get to put the face to that number. Um, but those are real families in our community that are benefiting. And so now that it's one in 10, we continue to celebrate, but, but there's a lot of work to be done here. Whenever you're talking about 16% of babies that are born too soon. Well, what's the problem in ischemic? And I don't want to focus on the negative. Yeah, absolutely. We have healthcare. We do. We have healthcare. We, um, we know that there are some contributing factors it kind of is a lifestyle change that some some others, you know, we, we can put programs in place to help them stop smoking. If you can believe that today that moms are still smoking and, and, and we need to help those moms uh, learn the dangers of smoking and how it affects their babies and be able to help provide them support to stop smoking. 
it could also be contributed to obesity. It could also be contributed to um, diabetes or, or blood pressure or a lot of those things. Um, healthy, you know, just healthy lifestyles in general promote healthy babies. Um, but there are some real life challenges as well that moms face that are unique maybe to our area, such as transportation or, you know, the low incomes or, you know, stressors on their lives. Um, and so there are some things that we're really taking a look at. We've partnered with several programs here locally to put some things in place. And, um, I'm proud that we have funded more than $30,000 this year in grants to, um, different partners in our community. One being the Healthy Start Coalition, which is putting a group prenatal care, uh, system into place in Century, which is highly underserved. And so it's a group prenatal care system called, uh, Centering Pregnancy. And so these moms who are all of similar gestation periods come together and they build their own support group, um, and, and get, consistent and more frequent prenatal care because they're at high risk. And so then we also uh, funded a grant for the University of West Florida to tackle a project that they call, we call AIM Escambia. And AIM is an acronym that stands for attacking infant mortality. And they are specifically looking at racial disparities that exist in our area um, for, for infant mortality. And also we funded some education for uh, the labor and delivery nurses at West Florida Hospital on breastfeeding education. And they were having all of their nurses go to this convention in Tampa and go to this convention in Atlanta. And they were getting different or conflicting information. And they looked to the March of Dimes as the leading organization for education on those topics. And so we funded a grant for those, uh, for their employees to get all the same info right from the source. That's awesome. Um I find it interesting, and I know I've said that today because I've really found a lot of interesting things about the March of Dimes in preparing for today's show that I did not know. Of course, I knew March of Dimes was global. Um, March of Dimes has been involved, like you were talking about, with different presentations and the $30,000. Of course, I knew it was a nonprofit, and that's part of your all's effort. But I find it very interesting how you all advocate at the Congress level absolutely, with uh, research and study and toward that goal of prevention. Yep. And then in those unfortunate cases where there is a premature child in assisting yep. care for that child and encouraging the parents and everything that's involved in that. It's just a, a full encompassing program. It really is. It is a machine and there are so many parts to really what, ta- what the March of Dimes takes on. It sounds to me, Kenny, like you may have found what we refer to as our CARES model um, because it goes through CARES again as an acronym. I think every organization must have to have an acronym. <laughs> For something. So we always say the March of Dimes cares, um, but it, it stands for the C is for community. And so those are community impact programs. The A is for advocacy. And we do, we have a day every year. Um, we go, take it, take a truck down to uh, Tallahassee and we advocate for issues that affect uh, maternal and infant health. So, and then the R is for research, which we know is the foundation uh, for what we do is the education and that's just not not just the pamphlets or the posters that are in OBGYN um, offices but like I said you know we fund continuing education for doctors nurses neonatologists all sorts of um, medical professionals and then the S is for support for families who 
have an experience either as a loss and need grief support or families who have a NICU experience such as myself, um, who again, just need that support and, and ability to find, you know, a lot of times if you're in the NICU, there's all this medical jargon that's being thrown at you that doesn't make any sense. And so, um, so the March of Dimes is a great place for those families to go to, to kind of understand what it is that their family is experiencing. And and it is great that your organization is there when needed. Um, and before I launch into this next part, I want to emphasize that I asked Dannon's permission to bring this up on the show. I'm not just throwing her this question out of the blue, but you're a great advocate for this organization. And I think you have passion for it. And there are reasons that brought you to the March of Dimes. And I think that makes you an even more involved, educated, and aware advocate. If you would tell us a little bit about your own story. Yeah, absolutely. I love sharing our story. So thanks for asking. Um, And I'm happy to share. So flashback a few years ago, actually, um, I was in Tallahassee. I had gone to school to become a paralegal. I was working for one of the largest firms in the state. We were doing administrative law, which to some sounds really boring. (laughs) Uh, but to me, it was very interesting. And, um, I was young. I had no responsibilities. I had a great salary. I never envisioned myself involved in the nonprofit world, um, until, uh, in 2010, my daughter was born and she was a micro, micro preemie. And I had never heard that term before. Um, so we were excited, uh, whenever we found out, of course, that we were pregnant, and expecting um, a, a baby. And so uh, once once you make it through like that first trimester, you know, that's a little, you got to watch what you're doing and, and talk to your doctor if you see anything, make sure you go to your appointments. Uh, but I guess it's looking back now how na- I realized how naive I was um, because I thought that once you made it through that first trimester, you were sort of just cooking and a uh, baby was rocking and rolling. You were good to go. And so I was, you know, reading the book, What to Expect When You're Expecting. Um, and doing everything literally by the book and taking my prenatal vitamins and going to my doctor's appointments and so forth. Well, the day that I hit 21 weeks, and of course, if, if your listeners are not aware, now we we measure gestation on weeks, not months, and a full-term pregnancy is 40 weeks. So at 21 weeks, I was just past the halfway point. Um, I was at home. I was cooking breakfast that morning, and my water broke, and I I honestly didn't know that it was my water breaking. Um, so I went to the doctors and I said, you know, something weird, you know, maybe we should just come in and get checked. And she, um, she did a test and she, she looked at me, I'll never forget it. And she said, Miss Bird, you're going to stay until you have your baby. And I thought, are you, this lady's crazy. You're not going <laughs> to wow. spend four more wow. months. Yeah. <laughs> this was, this was, uh, June 1st and my daughter's due date was October 12th. And she says, you're going to stay until you have your baby. And so I'm thinking, I'm here until October. You're crazy, lady. It's Tuesday afternoon. I got things to do. Um, but what I didn't realize is that what she was telling me is that my daughter was going to come too soon. And then the conversation after that was not very pleasant either. Um, because according to medical uh, books, the, the point of gestation at that point was 24 weeks. And so they expected labor to, to come at any time. And, and so they put me in a hospital room and prepared us for the worst, honestly. Um, and so this, 
was, this was a whirlwind event for us. And, um, but we stayed the next day. Um, the doctor came in and he says, we're going to do everything we can to keep you pregnant. It is possible to do that. And we have, but we have to make it to 24 weeks in order for your baby to survive. And so we came up with a plan that each day we would count up from there. So the next day we were 21 weeks and two days and 21 weeks and three days. And, uh, so I always say with grace and gravity, I stayed pregnant, um, until I hit 23 weeks and four days. And Shaylee, my daughter, was delivered then at that point. And uh, she was a pound and two ounces and only 11 and a quarter inches long. Tiny little thing. And I remember uh, they they did an emergency C-section. So I wasn't, you know, awake for the delivery. It wasn't certainly what I had envisioned. I don't know what contractions feel like. I never got the big push. You know, like those are all crazy things that that you experience, you know, would anticipate in your, in your pregnancy and your delivery that I never got a, a chance to have. And so whenever I went into the NICU, I will never forget. Of course, it, until this point, I felt very alone because I didn't have anyone that I could reach out to that understood what we were going through or had any sort of similar experience. And so I, here I am feeling bad for myself that I'm the only person going through this. Why me? And whenever the double doors opened into the NICU, it was like barracks of babies. Um, and I realized quickly that this happens a lot more than people realize. There are 55 beds in the unit at that time um, of babies. And now they've expanded and added an additional 12 beds. So there's 67. When we build our wonderful Studer Family Children's Hospital um, in the ne- over the next two years, they will actually add even more beds. And we'll have 72. And to think that there are seven, that there's a need for 72 beds in a NICU is, is crazy. Um, and across the hall in the healthy full-term nursery, there are very few. Um, so I'm happy for all of those families. I just think people may not really realize that, um, that how blessed they are to have healthy children these days. So with all of that experience, if jump fast forward, I guess, four months later, 120 days, um, Shaylee spent in the NICU and we were able to bring her home. And that experience changed who I was as a person. And I never wanted to walk back into, into the law firm. I wanted to devote myself to helping other families. And so I became a volunteer and then two years later, an employee for the March of Dimes. And I'm happy to lead the cause here. That's a, it's a wonderful story and we appreciate you sharing it. And you're very calm in telling that story (laughs) now. Yes. I'm sure it was terrifying. It was. Um, Unless you go through that, I don't think anybody can really understand that fear and what you felt. I think it's great that you've turned it around and have a passion for assisting others and you can relate to them. Right. Absolutely. And that's really, uh, that is probably one of the most fulfilling parts of, of my job. There are many things that I do aside from the fundraising, but truly the most fulfilling part is being there to encourage families like me who feel lost or just need a little encouragement um, and understanding. And I do agree with you. It's great that we have what we have now, and we're thanks to generosity of our community with people such as Quentin Richie Richie mm-hmm. Studer. Uh, we're increasing that. It's sad that we're still in need of those beds. Right. And we bring families, uh, we bring babies in from all over the Gulf Coast to our regional NICU here. 
However, that number that I mentioned earlier, the 16% of babies that are born too soon in Escampia County, those are hard facts. Those numbers um, are reflective of the mother's address of record on the birth certificate. So although we're bringing in babies from Panama City or Mobile or or wherever, um, even, you know, Crestview, Fort Walton, those statistics are true and reflective of the babies that are here in Escambia County. Wonderful. With all of that, let's talk a little bit about some of the programs that you have to assist those families in furthering the March of Dimes goals. Sure. Well, the the event that we have coming up uh, next month, actually, is one that is my favorite of the year. It's a new program that we were very carefully selected on a short list of uh, locations to participate in. Mission Healthy Baby is a program for military families. And we know that statistically military families have higher rates of preterm birth. We know that they have higher rates of postpartum depression, um, all sorts of complications that come along with chronic stress um, associated with maybe it's moving from base to base during pregnancy and you don't have consistency of care. Maybe it's having a deployed spouse or a, a number of things that we as civilians don't have to, um, don't have to experience. And so Mission Healthy Baby is a program, um, with the purpose of educating families on their risk, not to scare them, but we want people to be educated um, and able to recognize signs of preterm labor and what to do. And so it's an educational baby shower with a twist. And so a lot of families don't get an opportunity to go home to have a baby shower with their family. So we bring it to them and it is incredible. Um, the the outpouring from our, our community here in supporting this event it it just it makes me love Pensacola even more. And so we've partnered with a lot of local businesses who are doing a supply drive of the list that you have there, Kenny, which includes diapers and wipes, bibs, of course, all of the essentials that are put together in a gift basket for each of these moms um, or a gift box for the moms. And then also uh, we've partnered with Kmart. Kmart it ha- has been a March of Dimes partner for more than 30 years. They're absolutely wonderful. And they've committed to giving every family a, a car seat at the shower. And Mattress Firm is donating a crib mattress for every family. Uh, it, incredible. It is. It, it's kind of, you know, like the Oprah show. And she says, you get a car, <laughs> you get a car. It, it, it's like that. I mean, it, it, you know, like the Ellen show. It's, it's just all the feels and, and the great things. You know, these families are low-ranking military people who are serving our country. And they deserve to, to be supported. It's an exciting time for them uh, to, to become new parents. But they unfortunately have some of the worst outcomes out there. And so we really put this program in place to fill the need for them. And I really appreciate the fact that you brought up that, and I'm retired military, and can appreciate that military in most cases are not in their hometowns with their families. Some of them are, but for the majority, they're not. And this is just a great way for the community to come together and wrap their arms around them and say, you're part of us. And in looking at this list, it's not anything that's out of the ordinary for a baby shower. Right. Um, Stuffed animals prefer hypoallergenic, board books, bedtime, playtime CDs, all the things, Lou, that a baby needs. And I know (laughs) you know what a baby needs because you love babies. I do. That's very true. And I think it's a great opportunity to show the military 
what they mean to us. That's right. At Pensacola, I always tell people, you know, when they were, I, I had to lobby really hard to our national office to get this uh, program here. <laughs> but I knew that if they would say yes to us, that it would not fail. Pensacola always wraps their arms around our military and, and something I think magical happens when you put the military and babies together. This is just like an incredible program. I'm so proud to have it here. Well, how can the community get active with that? Well, one of the ways is participating in, in some of these supply drives. There are various locations around town from Pensacola to Fort Walton that have drop boxes. Um, for example, Gulf Coast Community Bank downtown and, and across Pensacola and all of their locations have boxes available where you can drop off either a gift card or um, some supplies over into Fort Walton Beach, we have Eglin uh, Federal Credit Union as a drop-off location. You can partner up with them. And there are other locations as well that are doing uh, door prizes. So the way that the program works is we do a little bit of education and then we have some fun. Mm -hmm. And so we, you know, break it up that way and we give away door prizes. So if there are some businesses um, out there, maybe some folks who would be interested in in donating a door prize, um, you can certainly get in touch with us. And we'll be glad to pass that on. And at TLC, we're going to be a sponsor of that. And we're going to have a door prize there that day. As well as we're going to, we've already linked the baby shower listing on our Facebook page. Oh, great. Uh, encouraging people. And I was going to ask, first of all, tell us again what military bases are involved locally. Right. Um, we have families that are coming from NAS Pensacola. We have Eglin Air Force Base and also Hurlburt Field. So it's across the board, all branches of service. Yes, and that's what I love about ours. Uh, this Saturday, I'm actually going to one over a, a baby shower over in Biloxi, and that will be for Keesler Air Force Base. And, um, of course, those families deserve to be supported, but I think ours is very unique in the blend that we have of all the branches that are represented here in Pensacola. That is awesome. How does somebody get a hold of this besides our Facebook page? How does somebody get a hold of this listing? And I do want to point out on it, we say it's all the things that a baby needs. There are some things on here that are listed that are highlighted that it can only accept Philips slash Avent brand products. Now, that's not the whole list. Right. It's just some of them. Right. That's right. That, it, it's only a few things that are on the list. Uh, and the reason for that is Philips is actually our national sponsor for this program. They have supported the March of Dimes in a huge, huge way. In fact, they are are donating breast pumps for every family at every event across the country as a part of Mission Healthy Baby. And they also are donating a baby monitor system for every family at every event across the country as well. And so um, because of that partnership, we're asking folks to please donate, if possible, um, the Avent pacifiers or the Avent bottles uh, to help continue that partnership with Phillips and say thank you. So how does somebody get this listing? The best way to do, uh, check out the TLC Caregivers Facebook page, of course, the March of Dimes Facebook page. We, uh, If you're interested in, in collecting items, you can call call the March of Dimes office at 462-7756. It's 462-7756. Uh, you can also reach me by email. First initial is D, last name Bird, B-Y-R-D, at marchofdimes.org. All righty. And that event is in Navarre, if I remember correctly. It is. It'll be at the Navarre Conference Center. It's Friday, August 26th from 6 to 8 p.m. And 
you know, it's, it's funny because last year we held this event at the Andrews Institute and it was phenomenal, but we wanted to continue to grow it. And we, we know that it's important to continue to grow it. So we needed a bigger venue. We were at max capacity last year. And so we found the Navarre Conference Center, which is right in, I mean, smack dab in the middle between Pensacola and Fort Walton. And so we are excited to have a new home for this event and one that we can actually grow into. It's a huge space. And so I'm hoping that next year we can honor even more families there. And you talk about the local businesses and organizations that are having their own drives for the event. If someone wanted to do one themselves at their group or their business, would they reach out to you as well and yes. discuss that? Yes. Just get in contact with me directly. Um, we have several churches that are involved, the spouses of student aviators that are involved, fraternities, sororities, service partners, you name it. There, There's a, a certain, like, there's an army of folks. <laughs> and no all- pun intended on the army, military yeah. connection. <laughs> right. I'm singling them out. I see how this is. <laughs> um. Now, we're talking about a particular event, but once that event's over, the need is still there. Do you all take these type donations yes, year-round? Absolutely. We we are happy to accept donations year-round. We can supply them to NICU families. We do bundles of love in the NICU and provide, whether it's usually around the holidays um, and also in November, of course, which is Prematurity Awareness Month. Um, some supplies and, and support for the families. We also continue year round to support our partners on base at the Fleet and Family Support Center and also with the new parent support program with supplies as well. Very good. Um, March for Babies is another annual event that you do in March. Yes. Uh, I volunteered for that this year. And the again, the outpouring in our community was just wonderful to see. That was a wonderful event at Maritime Park right there on the bay. It was a beautiful day. And I don't remember what you all raised this year, but. Well, we set a new record this year. Again, we're, we're doing great things in our community. And so this year we had a new fundraising record. We've hit $152,000 in Pensacola to continue. Wow. That's fantastic. I know. I'm very proud. And that's last year was a record setting year. This year was a record-setting year, and as awareness grows of this issue and, and folks in our community realize that it it truly is an issue, it's a, a health crisis, and it's important to find a way to prevent it and to help more babies be born healthy, um, I think that our event will just continue to grow. Tell us again how much was raised locally this year. $152,116 so far. That's just an incredible number and while having fun. Right. Absolutely. It is meant to be uh, a fun event and we have kids activities for the day. And, you know, it's really just an awareness walk. The and a celebration truly of all of the collective efforts of our entire community. And that day it was a walkathon around the area at Maritime Park with all the activities uh, to go with it. There were all kinds of costume characters out there. There was free food. Yep. There were tents from businesses with games. And I can't even remember everything that was there, but it was an incredible day. Yes. And that money stays right here in the local area and yeah. Tell us a little bit of what it does. So uh, part of that does fund research. I want to let folks know that 
you know, not all of the $152,000 comes right back into our, in, into Pensacola, but we do, uh, ap- although that benefits our community. Absolutely. I want to tell folks, we have five research centers that have been developed across the country that are doing some really incredible research. It's, it's like cutting edge science. It's a new way of looking at things at a, at a, like a DNA level, truly. Um, one of the, for example, one of the things that we're looking at, um, uh, is how do we address this issue for racial disparities? And for example, they're a, a college educated, employed and insured African American female is still 2.8 times more likely to have a preterm birth than an uneducated, unemployed, uninsured white female. And so, of course, we take away all the risk factors of, you know, is she a smoker? Is she obese? And all of those things that we talked about mm-hmm. before. But is there on top of all of those risk factors, is there something genetically in our genetic makeup that makes those women more predisposed to having uh, a preterm baby? And so that's part of the research um, that we're looking at. And of course, all of that comes back to benefit each and every community. We all want to benefit. We may not have a research center here, but we want the benefits of the research, well, right? Most definitely. We want the children that are born of, of, Absolutely. The, uh, of the situation to enjoy those benefits of yep. the research. Are there other events that we need to talk about? Yeah, we can um, chat briefly about our men in labor campaign that will be coming up this fall. It's a This will be the fourth year that we have done men in labor in Pensacola. And yes, you heard that correctly, men in labor. <laughs> That's an entertaining thought. Uh, so, <laughs> That's good stuff. Yes. And of course, the question whenever I sit down with these gentlemen, it's usually about 10 to 15 business leaders, males, obviously, in the community who commit to being, I'm using my air quotes, pregnant for six to eight weeks. And it's um, the, the number one question is, um, are you are you going to shock me? Are we, are we going to hook me up? Do I have to simulate labor? And so we don't, we don't go to the, that extreme. Um, but, but it is meant to be a fun campaign and really highlight the importance that the important role that dads play during pregnancy, really before, during and after. And, um, and so we, we make them or we ask them to wear the, the big fake bellies and the hospital gowns. And it's, it's really a conversation starter. It, it's an awareness campaign with a fundraising goal of a thousand dollars for each participant. And we have raised $17,000 and $14,000, you know, each year it continues to, to grow as well. So, um, so it's about a six or eight week campaign and we, we plug in lots of education and information for these guys, you know, who, Prematurity doesn't discriminate. I, t- I tell folks I had this conversation yesterday, actually, with a group of people that it, it truly doesn't discriminate. And it doesn't matter if you sit in a corner office or in a cubicle. It can happen to you. It can happen to your family. It can happen to your neighbor, someone that you love. And when, Even if you don't have some of those risk factors. Right. Absolutely. And so, um, so yes, it, it, it's a community problem that we should all be concerned about. And so these these gentlemen take on that role of uh, leading the leading the way for the month of it takes off usually around September around Labor Day and then <laughs> it leads up to uh, uh, World Prematurity Day, which is November seventeenth. So you knock on doors and you say, "Dear guy, yep, um, thanks for your contribution. You're going to be pregnant for." This period of time, six to eight weeks. You said. Congratulations, you're pregnant. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> and you simulate weight gain and absolutely <laughs> okay. yeah we go through you know um conversations like you know how important it is for the dads to be supportive and and go to those appointments with the moms um some you know if she's a if she's a smoker you know encourage her to quit smoking and and do what you can to help ha- help her have a full term healthy pregnancy but also it's sort of a nod at the dads that we see all of the responsibility that you have on your shoulders if a situation occurs where a baby is in the NICU. And a lot of times, um, you know, mom is concerned about the baby and dad's concerned about the baby and the mom, but he also has to keep the lights on at home and he has to continue to work and he has to, oh, by the way, there's a, a four-year-old at home that he also has to care for right. now as well. Right. So there's a, a lot of added stressors on the dads and it, it is meant to just you know, help, uh, help grow the awareness of, of the issues here. So a lot of fun, but people could donate cash absolutely, or items in their honor. Absolutely. And that's what we do. We ask them, you know, it's kind of the, the, we give each person a goal and then it's up to them. There were some, there was someone at a CPA firm last year that held a, a, a baby shower. Um, and, uh, all of the employees got to Per, you know, pay like a dollar or two dollars or whatever and put a name in the bucket to, to name the baby. <laughs> so, I mean, it can be silly or it could just be a cash sponsorship, you know, a donation from the business. Um, there, the first year that we did this, the CEO of Santa Rosa Hospital bet all of the hospital employees that they wouldn't help him meet the goal, that they wouldn't meet the goal. And he said, if we do, I will stand on Berry Hill Road. In my hospital gown and with my belly and I'll wave at cars as they pass by for an hour. And, um, that day they hit their goal. <laughs> they wanted awesome. to see their CEO out there. Awesome. Yeah. So great awareness, uh, the fundraising, anything else, other events? Well, um, no other events for our area, but I, I see your paper there about Zika. Maybe we should take just a moment to talk about that if you have a minute. If we have a couple minutes left on the show. Okay, cool. So Zika, of course, I'm sure you guys have heard of it is, um, the latest trending health issue and, um, and it is serious. And so it, it can have great effects on, um, infants or on, on babies in utero and it can cause a birth defect called microcephaly. And so we are encouraging moms to just educate themselves on what they can do to prevent possible mosquito bites and, and pre- prevent their ba- uh, their babies from um, being affected. And I think we need to be, become more and more aware of Zika. Just last week, there were two cases in Florida that do not appear to be related to travel right. globally, right? which is very concerning. Right. And they're monitoring those. Um, you know, I, I'm certainly not the, the Zika expert. I would refer everyone to the CDC sites or even to the March of Dimes, um, website for more information. But it is, we believe, mostly transmitted through, um, mosquitoes. And until recently, we believe that all of those Zika or potential Zika cases had been travel related. Um, but that may, certainly change. And of course, the reason we're talking about Zika is the incredible birth defects that are associated with that virus. That's right. Yes. Microcephaly affects the baby's brain development. And um, as I said before, can, can truly change the life course of a, not just the baby, but of the entire family. I mean, it can, it can change the makeup of the the family. And, um, 
and it's it's very serious so. as well as stillbirth absolutely and um, miscarriage i think one of the fascinating things is though that Everybody can do something to improve this That's right. by making certain there's no retaining water in their yard, yep. those kinds of activities. Um, we actually have on the March of Dimes website, it's marchofdimes.org slash Zika. You can go there for all of the latest and greatest information. It is updated daily um, and just a very simple infographic with a few tips on how to prevent this um, by using uh, bug spray or lotion, making sure that your skin is protected with clothing. And as you said, you know, removing all of the still water from inside and outside your home, this particular species of mosquito actually can live indoors as well and can bite day or night. And so um, it is that adds, of course, to the threat, um, making sure that people stay indoors and in air conditioned places whenever possible. And also, um, if you do happen to go outside or you're camping or whatever, uh, using a mosquito net. You talk about March of Dimes encourages pregnant women to talk with their doctor about screenings. Right. Uh, are you all encouraging people to discuss the Zika virus with their doctors? Absolutely. And in fact, uh, there is an update that that I receive via email each day now from the March of Dimes. It's sent out to the entire foundation. And um, you know, kind of updates us all on where we stand for advocacy efforts and um, monitoring these um, potential cases or suspected cases. And so yesterday there was a new guideline that was uh, published by the CDC um, saying that all pregnant women in the U.S. and the U.S. territory should be assessed for possible Zika virus exposure at each prenatal care visit. So they're taking it very seriously, and this is not to scare people, but we, we just want to protect you know, the moms and the babies, um, of course, whenever possible. And, of course, March of Dimes, it is baby-related, but March of Dimes' impact affects people of all ages. Right. Um, which is incredible. And I love that it's a generational nonprofit, not just focused solely on one thing, but so broad. Right. Tell us again. I know you'll take cash. Cash is always good. <laughs> the items that you need. Tell us again how people can connect with you. Sure. I think the two most valuable resources for any nonprofit is the the revenue donations, but also the volunteers. Um, I am the only staff person for the March of Dimes in Pensacola, and there is absolutely no way that I could do the, what we do on my own. And so we have a force of volunteers that um, pour their time and their hearts into helping to make a help helping us reach those new goals and set new records and grow the awareness. And so, um, so if you're interested in making a donation or if you would like to find out ways that you can volunteer, you can contact me at 462-7756 locally here in Pensacola. You can also um, email me directly. The email address is dbird, D-B-Y-R-D, at marchofdimes.org, or you can also visit the website marchofdimes.org slash Florida, and you'll be able to find all of the offices that are there. And that's Florida spelled out, not abbreviated. Right. What would a volunteer do for, uh, for the March of Dimes? Is it quite a variety, or is it all administration? Or oh, absolutely. We have a little bit of everything, honestly. And, and, and I sit down with volunteers, and I try to find what their interest is. You know, some people... Um, really are connected well in the community and can help open doors to new sponsors or introduces to 
uh, new new teams and help us grow our events. Some people really want to focus on supporting the families and then others can be those behind the scenes logistics folks of planning, you know, lining up the tables and the chairs for our walks or, um, you know, contacting the food vendors and things like that. And for people like Lou, is there an opportunity for a volunteer to hold a baby? You know, they actually are working on a um, a snuggling program, a cuddling hey. program. So stay tuned, Lou. I will. I'll be. Well, I'll expect you to email me when it's up and running. Absolutely, we do. We do have a need here for uh, for baby baby holders. That's a tough way to have to volunteer. I know, right? <laughs> hmm. oh. How do you follow that? <laughs> um, do you have anything else to tell us? I, I think it's been an incredible and informative discussion. Um, March of Dimes. Absolutely. I am so appreciative for the opportunity to come here today and talk about March of Dimes and our passion, my passion and what we do and be able to share it with you all and your listeners. We're very much looking forward to the baby shower. Yes, it'll be great. And just to remind everybody, your name is Dannon Bird. Um, Her number again is 462-7756. You can reach out to her at March of Dimes here on the Gulf Coast. And her email is dbyrd at marchofdimes.org. And you can add a slash Florida spelled out for the website of March of Dimes. And we certainly appreciate you being here today and educating us and discussing and getting to see Lou smile about talking about babies. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for being here. Dan, thanks very, very much. Absolutely. Uh, So to end our show... Uh, TLC Caregivers, Let's Talk Community. Uh, just so everybody knows, our agency is licensed by ACA, the Florida's Agency for Healthcare Administration. We love doing this show to talk uh, issues that need to be discussed in our community. TLC is licensed, bonded, and insured. We're a drug-free company. TLC Caregiver employees are actual employees. And we ask people to call us when you need us. And if you've got questions, we will discuss it with you. And one of the things I love about TLC is if we can't help you, the discussion does not stop there. We will give you community resources, and we'll try to help you, and you can even call us back and ask us more questions. Um, Remember when your friends, vacationers, family needs, remember TLC Caregivers. We provide services 24 hours a day, every day. TLC Caregivers, we do more than you think. If you are on Facebook, we invite you to like our like TLC Caregivers yeah. Facebook page. We do share community and nonprofit information. Keith always likes uh, us to remind people that our link here for the show is Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers is letstalkcommunity.businessradiox.com. Thank you for listening today, and do remember, TLC Caregivers, we do more than you think. This show is brought to you by TLC Caregivers. TLC Caregivers, we do more than you think. Learn more at tlccaregivers.com.